In a world desperate to tear itself apart, only one man, and some other people, stand in the way of total destruction. Together they will right the wrongs, make bad, good, and single-handedly destroy evil, together. Who is this man you may ask? This man, is, Jeff. Hello and welcome to another episode of Jeff Jones and Friends Make It Better. The show that takes one of life's little annoyances, gives it a microphone, a podcast and a fabulous guest to quite simply make it better. Today I'm delighted to welcome award-winning TV script and feature writer Hugh Murchison. Hugh, how are you? Good, and you Jeff? Yes, I'm not too bad, thank you very much. I uh, got your name right, so that's a, a, a good, very good start. Yes, yes. Right, without further ado, what is it that we are making better today? We are going to make ageism better. In fact, we're going to do better than make it better. We're going to we're going to solve the problem of ageism. After we talk today and the message gets out, there will no longer be any ageism to worry about by anybody. By anybody. I am very excited about this because I am growing into uh, age. But I have to start thinking about this, if I'm honest. Uh, you know, how people look at me. I mean, you know, I'm I'm 41 years old and I already my my opinion is devalued <laughs> by certainly my children, but anyone 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 born born nine years younger than me, apparently I, I'm already out of date. But what yeah. was it? There was, a, there was a time that you could like go into uh, 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 like a bar or some place and they would ask you for ID to see <laughs> if you were old enough. And now you get to the point where you don't even pause or yeah. hesitate. And that's a little bit concerning, what? especially if you're with somebody <laughs> at, who is carded. And then you're just kind of like making a joke, say, well, you didn't ask me for mine. And they'll turn and say, uh, yeah, well, can I see your ID? <laughs> yeah. Like they, like they need to. Yeah, like, oh, God, we've got another one. Okay, yeah, show us your ID then if it makes you feel better. But off Exactly. You <laughs> right, right. They patronize you. <laughs> That's a, but as soon as you say it as well, as soon as you're like, are oh, you not going to see mine? And they say, well, okay. You're like, oh, okay, well, now I've got to get it out of my pocket. I've got to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh God, it's such an embarrassing photo though so just let me walk in let's forget forget i mentioned it but yeah so we're not talking about the paper the ageism where you invite somebody to to be ageist it's where it be, it's unbidden it, yeah it, it, they are the ones who come up with uh trying to discriminate against you for what they think is uh your age sure uh, well so what what is it give me some examples of your yeah the, the biggest times you may experience or or see it or kind of feel it most inappropriate or always most used well you know i it hasn't been it's more anticipatory in my case as a as a a, a writer i'm more worried about how people will judge my work because it's coming from someone who's older than the uh, typical uh, supplier of yeah. a script. So that's my concern. And uh, I've asked questions. I, I was in film school and uh, that was one of my big sort of issues was like, is this a fight that I'm going to have to fight? Because there's 
not only just trying to write a, a good script and and finding the people to do it, but in the, the fight that everybody else has that 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 I may have to to contend with, and it's not a given necessarily, uh, um, is that well they'll they'll judge you on how old you are as a writer. Yeah, and that that kind of perception that because of an age bracket, you cannot be in touch with certain aspects of life or the world as as it is, or your view of, uh, I say, sorry, it's a royal you, because, yeah, as, as as far as kind of an older generation are concerned, but that that, that the, the view of an older person is different to the view of a younger person, purely because of, the time they grew up in when I, when actually yeah, in addition to that though yeah and i i understand that it's the same sort of business that if you're a a, a white person you can't write a, a black story or if you're a black story you can't a black person you can't write a or if you're a woman you can't write a a, a man's story and vice versa for for those various things and there is that i suppose but if you're in television for example and that's a, a like a group effort you're spending a lot of time with these fellow writers. Yeah. And they're probably more comfortable spending time with someone who's who's more like share the same kind of age or they're around the same age rather than have a bunch of 20-year-olds and then dad in the room. <laughs> the thing is, I would say, uh I I'd I'd maybe counter slightly that an age difference is different. So, so a, a, a man writing a woman's part of vice versa, a white person um, writing a black person's uh, point of view, or vice versa, is slightly different to an old person writing a young person, or vice versa, because an old person has still, an older person has still been young. Okay, it may have been time different. So, it's you've got to do. They have to deal with the sensitivity of knowing social media. But just because someone is older doesn't mean they don't know technology and social media. Yes, and, and this yes. is this is that stereotypal thought process of a younger person is that oh you're old you have no idea what I don't know what technology is what this is what X Y Z yeah we we connected over Twitter so that means that at least us at our, our various ages understand Twitter at least to open the account and be on there right just because yeah, we're yeah. not. I know dancing for TikTok doesn't necessarily mean that we don't understand technology and social media. So yes, and what you just said sort of is in line with 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 my idea about ageism, unlike other kind of prejudices. Because if you're um, if you're a, a woman and 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 I'm a guy that's practicing sexism. I'm in. I mean, I'm that kind of person that. I, I mean, I'm not going to be. I mean, I, today I probably could, but I'm not going to become a woman. Mm. Or if I'm a white, a black person, I'm not going to become a white person. Mm. Or if I'm a, a, a not a Jew, I'm not going to become a Jew necessarily. So I can understand how, as as whatever identity I have, I can discriminate, and it almost makes sense. If I'm not sure if you follow me, I, I, However, I know exactly where I'm you're a going. young person and I'm eventually going to be <laughs> that. Yeah. You know? So it'd be like if I were uh, uh, 
uh, a white person and I knew at some point I was going to become a black person, I would not be practicing racism. So if I'm I'm a young person, why would I advocate, make a case for uh, practice it myself, ageism, knowing that tomorrow I'm going to be old? I would do just the reverse thing and become and, and say, you know what? That's that's great. And 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 make that situation or that day or that future identity that much more welcoming. You know, make 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 everybody want to be old. That's an, an absolutely amazing take on it. That is the the analogy within that 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 and, and you're right. Life permitting, everyone starts young, gets old. Right. If you're lucky, if you're lucky. Now, if you're planning to off yourself, you know, before you get old, then I could, that would be the only, I think, situation or condition that you could say, you say you're justified and I understand your age, your ageism practice. Yeah. If your plan is to live it to your 80s or 90s, which society is going to call you old after a certain period, why would you subscribe to practice, you know, uphold ageism? And do you know what it is? It's this young mentality of immortality. Like, I'm not going to start kind of bash it just as, you know, um, there's ages. I'm not going to start bashing on young people. But I I know from, from myself, so I was... So I was a young dad. I mean, I was, I'm 41 years old. I've been a dad longer than I've been an adult, right? And, <laughs> and but that comes with, you know, you start feeling older, younger maybe as well. But so True. I've kind of, I've got this almost, not a unique view, but this view on life where I, I'm 41 and I feel, I feel like I should be almost in my prime, but I also feel really old. So well, I look at, at young people and I kind of, I know I I don't fully understand what they're going through because there's pluses and negatives right now of being a young person in 2023 that that they've got a voice whereas generations previously never had a a voice due to social media and they can find like-minded people easier because of social media because of the internet I understand yes um I also appreciate there's a lot of hardships because of oh, economy and, and and all these things. So every every generation has has their battles, um, and whereas the young today may be better off in some ways, they could be worse off in others. I, I don't know. That's a conversation for a different day. But no matter what generation you are, you should always look to those older because there's something to learn from. And yes. that could that could be that you live in an area of a country where everyone over the age of 70 is a massive bigot. And you look at that person and say, well, that's not what I want to be in 2023. You've learned yes. something, right? Yes. Or you could live, oh, let's face it, look at Silicon Valley. At some point, all these young tech hipsters that are in Silicon Valley are going to be old tech hipsters in Silicon Valley. <laughs> so they're, they're going to know stuff from now that in 40 years or 50 years is they're still going to be those people yes but the, but the newer people are going to look at them as the old hat but right now they're groundbreaking like what you said is it's it's 
so on point that if you were to change new knowing that you're going to grow up and change into any other uh stereotype demographic whatever you wouldn't be saying what you're gonna you say now exactly it makes it makes no sense and in in along that same line you can almost understand uh racism you know i can that makes sense to me you know, I'm a white person. I'm never. I don't ever plan to be a black person. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna hate on the black people. I know I'm a woman. I. I don't see myself becoming a woman or undergoing some sort of sexual reassignment. So I'm gonna hate on women because you know I'm gonna. Be, I'm always gonna be a guy. <laughs> Yeah, like, but I don't have a choice if I want. To. I mean, I do have a choice. I can, I can, I can say I'm not going to be old and I just, just kill myself. But if, if that's not in my plan, then, then you know, you're going to get old. I'm going to get old, and I'm going to support, applaud, and recommend old people because I want that for myself when I get there. Yeah, because positive or, or negative. Age breeds uh, experience. And there's young people that have got experience. There's young people now living lives that I would only have dreamt of when I was their age. You know, and we're getting more billionaires under 40 or whatever it is. You know, like younger people are experienced that like travel is so open to, to, to everyone now. And I suppose we look back, I mean, don't get me wrong. I look at something like 1990, like it was about 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> when when actually is a lot longer than that. No, that, that's the that's the a conversation that I've had with people that when you think about about when you were before 1990s, the before the 1990s, and you thought, oh, that's like so many. It seems like such a, yeah. a long way to get to that point, and now you're well past it. It just it just comes so quickly. Yeah, you don't even realize it, right? I, I let my my son's gonna live to see twenty ninety. You know, if he if all things going well, you know, then yeah, he's nine now, and that that blows my mind. So I was I was born in eighty two, um, and it still doesn't feel like that long ago, like the 90s, early 2000s. I still reminisce and think, ah, oh, you know, it's it's great. And I kind of look, I did the math the other day that I think my parents were 29 when they had me. and But they were always so old. Yes. They were so old when I was growing up. Yeah, they're in their I know, 40s. I, and, I, oh, God, they couldn't have been older. What was, the, what was the thing? There was something about from high school. Yeah. It was in high school or, and then I was, I I thought, oh, this, this teacher has got to be dead. <laughs> you know, this teacher has got to be dead. So I started like, like Googling these people and then found out <laughs> they're only, they were only like 10 years, <laughs> 10 years older than me. <laughs> and I thought, surely they're, <laughs> they seem like ancient. Oh, man. I swear to you. Yeah, uh, but te so, te teachers do—they uh, do get old quick. <laughs> <laughs> like you've even got a young teacher 
or a really old teacher, but that really old teacher could be about 45. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, 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 I start feeling like I remember my teachers when I was my daughter's age. And then I, I'm introduced to her, her teachers, some of them. And I said, <laughs> oh my God, she's hot. <laughs> And I don't remember saying that about any of my teachers when I was growing up. No, do you know what? My, my first ever crush, I must have been about 11 years old, Miss Eggleton, right? Um, no, sorry, Miss Miss Lennox, right? And I was heartbroken. So I was, yeah, so I was 11 years old and we broken up for the summer. And, I, and Miss Lennox, we said goodbye six weeks later. Uh, come back into school and Miss Lennox was now uh, Mrs Eggleton she got married I was crushed I was crushed I was 11 and it was my first taste of heartbreak because (laughs) who now I never had that because I never was never a teacher the thing is in 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 my mind now Mrs. Lennox, I mean, I hope she gets divorced because she totally, you know, crept all over my uh, crept all over my emotions. But <laughs> if she, I mean, she in, in my mind, she's about 90 years old now. But actually, she was probably only about 25, 30. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Younger than you are now. Yes. The way you she she lives in your head. Yeah. Now she's ancient. And that's where you it was like there were no fewer than three teachers that I was thinking about and I was looking them up to see if they were still alive and how I might go back and like say hello or yeah. catch up with them. And then they were done. I mean, God, they got to be dead. <laughs> and then I, I saw them and they're only <laughs> 10 or 15 years older than me. So when I was maybe what, 12, they were only in their mid twenties. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's only now I realise. So I look at my my kids' teachers. I'm like, oh, you're young. Like this is these are people who had their part of my language. They had their shit together, and they left school. They went and did an education. They got into teaching, and they they're theirs as early as they can. Yes, and yes, yeah. These these are the, the people that I probably made fun of at school <laughs> because I was rubbish at everything. So why why would I? <laughs> Yeah, so, that's that's the next one. Teachism. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah exactly. bias, bias against teachers. <laughs> so the, the other thing that that made me think about this, and there's a, an American writer. He wrote and or created a book. Um, WKRP in Cincinnati. Do you know that show? Lonnie yeah. Anderson, uh, Howard Hessman. It's an American show. Uh, centered around a may, uh, may not have made it over here, I'm afraid. In uh, Cincinnati, I believe it was Cincinnati, Ohio. And this guy, Hugh Wilson, um, uh, created this show, and uh, and then years pass, and he's he's an older person, and he wants to work for some television show, like join a writer's room, and he's not. They, they say you're too old. And he just sort of, he, he just very matter of fact about the fact that they wouldn't let him into, and he understood it. And the reason he understood it, because when he was in, running the show, WKRP in Cincinnati, when, when he was in his prime, 
they were the writers for the I Love Lucy show. Do you know that show? Um, yes. So there was like Bob Carroll, Madeline Pugh. I'm not really, I'm not, there were three people, but there might've been some other people. Nonetheless, these people were part of that show and they made I Love Lucy what I Love Lucy, what we know it. Well, they, of course, uh, left the show and this was many years later and they'd go to WKRP or people like uh, Hugh Wilson and they say, um, uh, you know, we've created this show, we'd like to join, but they, they're too old, according yeah. to. According so to. The same sort of discrimination and, 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 and yeah, and closed-mindedness that he had, I guess, sort of practice against these I Love Lucy writers, yeah. he was now victim or subject to the same sort of process. And so, but when it when it was his turn to 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 be the, on that side of it, he said, "I get it. I understand." There's one one, I suppose, writer or or t TV personality, which I think. So, have you ever seen a show called um, Kaminsky Kaminsky Method with Michael Douglas? Yes, yes, yes. yes. yes Michael Douglas, and who's the other guy? Who's uh, I can uh, never remember his name, uh, but his friend in it. But that sh that is yes. Oh, uh, Alan Arkin, right? Uh, yes. yes, yes, yes. Yes, yeah. Um, so I recently watched uh, all as three or four series of that, and to me, that is maybe the most well certainly the the first two series of maybe the most well crafted comedy comedy show that I've, I've ever seen I'm, I'm a fan of that kind of writing right? that's the kind of writing that I, I like to do it, it's just if you understand comedy or understand just humans that that show just is and I know the actors are all old and this is a big play on on, on old, older characters but it's it's a, a, quite a contrast I suppose because it's, it's, it's written by Chuck Law who does Big, yes. bang, big Bang Theory, Two and a and, Half Men. And two and a Half Men, that's right. Yes. I, and almost he is the proof. Chuck Law is the proof that you can write young, you can write up, oh, old, inverted commas. And and it's and it works. Because yeah. he even so he Chuck Law, he's 70 now. And so he I don't went, think I knew that. I don't think I I, I yeah. I yeah. mean, I knew he was older, but I didn't realize he's, he's he's seventy, and he's just. I mean, if you think the so Big Bang Theory started like fifteen years ago, so that's fifty-five. So is he still is he young enough then to write about a load of twenty? I know twenty-eight-year-olds are they twenty-eight to thirty-year-olds scientific, you know, minded people, etc. Is yeah. was he yeah. too old to to write that? Uh, two and a half men. You could probably see someone who is. 50 years old writing two and a half, half men maybe um, maybe maybe but yeah so you, you take out these these bits of of work and it shows that actually you can kind of span um time and it, and it's actually if you are good at what you do then it will resonate with people well, see that's and, a, that's my my concern was about the racism. I mean, not the racism, but the the ageism thing. Is that um, it's like a lot of other things. If you if the the product is good, it doesn't matter who wrote it. Exactly. Man, woman, black, Jew, 
80 year old, 20 yeah. year old, your dog. It doesn't <laughs> matter. You know, yeah. is 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 the writing good? Is the story good? Exactly. And and it does, you know, as long as it's authentic as well, because there's no way in, in how is me a 41-year-old white guy from southern England um, with a, a, a an accountant dad and a publisher mother, you know, is going to write a southern american tale of a black woman trying to <laughs> survive with a single life map you know like that's not gonna that's not gonna work but ex uh, if you are an older person you've still lived a life and you can still i th i fully believe you can still um experiences you went through will still be relatable now in a to a certain extent, obviously, yeah. again, depend on demographic. Some experiences are going to be far more uh, powerful, violent, whatever. But you know, it, it it can be drawn upon. Experience can be drawn upon. And yes, the, the problem with ageism and a concern about ageism is that those voices are going to get lost in the end where there's so much that those voices can have to say yeah and the thing is that the the when you drill down to what is valuable or precious about a story and that's just character and people's interaction those things don't age as yeah. far as i'm concerned because i can go back and watch a movie from the 1930s and 40s and yeah uh People dress differently. They use language that's different. But but what's at bottom is the how people relate to each other. Yeah, that's as true then as it is today. Definitely. And, and and what you consider as smart, funny, uh, a point of view that's, I mean, I I think those things are still valid and true and 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 worthwhile. And I yeah. I. Uh, there's some movies that have aged. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I just like I can't watch that anymore. I used to be <laughs> my favorite, but I watch a. I have at least a dozen movies that I, I I'll go back like Casablanca. Hmm. Oh my god! I stopped. Watch, I, I last time I watched it was maybe uh, before I saw it recently, maybe uh, six months ago. But before that, it was ten or more years ago, and uh, uh, I was just struck by how like fast and smart and clever the lines were yeah in yeah it was just great yeah because because of yeah good writing and and I, I kind of think if you were to um i know a aliens come come to earth and they're like right we want to talk to some we want to interview people so we're not here for dominate world domination we just want to find out some stuff yeah. Uh, um. Are you gonna put a? Okay. Well, you would. You'd. You'd. You'd, you'd kind of say, right? Yeah. Here's a a twenty year old. They can tell you about their life right now. But you know, here's also this sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety year old who will tell you about a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Like, because because they're just purely on, on time span. It should yeah. be more kind of revered, and it should be. 
you know, age is age is a number. If Michael Douglas has taught us anything, age is just is nothing but a number. Um, and I, and I tell you, what, when you look at like look at Morgan Freeman, yes, you know, his his career started when he was what 70, 73, something like that. Uh, in you know, was it Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? Was that his first he one, was, or maybe he did one? I don't know. No, it wasn't his first one, but he driving this Daisy was in. Oh, but of I, course, I don't think he came to to uh, these things at a, a later age. So you know, as somebody who has this on his mind, ageism, I'm yeah. looking for uh, examples of people who started their careers later because I'm doing that for mine in yeah. TV film writing and so i'll look at somebody like uh your david seidler and i say yours because he's british who wrote uh king's uh king speech yeah he i don't know how old he was when he got his academy award but uh he had been it's been around a while yeah and then more and then uh james ivory who did uh call me by your name oh yes yeah, he was with Merchant. He was part of the Merchant Ivory. I don't remember the woman uh, screenwriter who was that 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 trio that that did a number of movies like Howard's Inn and Room with a View, mm. Passage to India. Uh, but uh, he he was in his well into his eighties when he wrote the script for uh, Call Me by Your Name. Wow. I don't know if you know that movie. Uh, yes, yes. So it's well a couple of years old. Yes. So yes. yes, yeah. I've not yes. not seen it, but I'm aware of it. I think I know my daughter, who is nineteen, I think she is these days, um, is uh, has seen it and, and very much enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's it. And that's that's why. I mean, I think it's understandable. Do, uh, and do you know what? We may we probably won't have time to to touch upon it. But the obviously. We've mentioned maybe apart from all the film, but we've we've mentioned people who have kind of come to fame late. But it doesn't mean that they weren't didn't already have people in the industry and, and things like that. And that's when, if you I suppose you delve deep enough into someone's personal life, then you're going to find well, okay, they had a helping hand here, and yeah. and yeah. that's and I and I think it isn't just age appropriate, but breaking into an industry is is difficult for anyone everyone if you haven't got that kind of leg up but like yeah there is that concern as you get to an older age that you're just not going to be seen in the same light as someone who is yeah if you're 70 then someone who is 55 is going to appear to be more lucrative because of i don't know Right, think experience right. and youth. You know? Well, you've got a lot of other things to recommend you. That that thing, that age, is a thing that they see first, or yeah, yeah. So, I mean, okay. So, I mean, don't don't get me wrong, cute. So, you're coming back from. I I reckon I've I've kind of tallied it up so far to about at least another two. <laughs> Two, two episodes one one to go into how to break the the cycle of just people who know people getting into industry and the second one is teacherism uh that we need to break the stigma <laughs> around being young and all teachers looking old um but right right now how that how are we going to make better how are we going to solve this how are we we ageism what are we going to do about it well, I think one of the things to do is that whenever you see uh, some, I mean, I, I think we need to 
start looking at, at treating people who are, like if you want to have a relationship with a 30-year-old or 40-year-old, that should be the same way that you, it should be regarded like as pedophilia. Right. You know what I mean? What yeah. you say? That person's so, no, you're messing around with a 30-year-old? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's obscene. You're disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it should be it should be treated in that same way. So we just bring up the 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 age. So the, instead of where it was eighteen or twenty one, let's yeah. make it thirty. Let's make it yeah. thirty. Let's <laughs> say raise 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 all age ranges. Yeah, to I think exactly. to thirty. That's yeah, you can't exactly. do anything. You can't you're, do. <laughs> yeah, you can't drive until you're like thirty, thirty five. Maybe so no drinking, no marriage, no. no I imagine how many successful people there'd be in the world if we got rid of that. They couldn't drink. It'd be madness. No, too too many of them. Uh, I, I, I love I love the idea. Just yeah, raise, raise the age range. The other thing is the alternative, and I feel like this is probably less likely. Um, is actually just everyone starts their life at at the end, like Benjamin Button it, where you're really old. Yes. But you've got all your experience kind of downloaded into you, and you just get younger. Uh, or not even your experience, but you experience stuff in reverse. And so you see how people relate to you when you're That's older. That's actually not a bad idea. Just flip it, right? So yeah. you get to do all the things that that young kids do, but at, at 70 or 80 yeah. years old. But, as you, but then they put all that responsibility and 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 wisdom and so we'll be asking the the 15 year old because they already some of yeah. them already think they know it anyway <laughs> <laughs> just say okay so yeah so uh yeah, yeah. but give these people who actually have the i mean whose joints don't ache to actually be able to get up and go <laughs> into it just yet yeah, you are young you have the knowledge Go out there, make this world a better place because you've got the knowledge, you've got experience, and you've also got the body that just is okay. Your body can get a full night's sleep without getting up and having to pee, or it can get no sleep and still function the next day. Like that's, you've got the best of all worlds. Yes. Um, so uh, either <laughs> either or, I feel like that's the, the reasonable. I mean, the more realistic maybe just increase age limits and you know i'm so i'm so behind increasing age limits just just what do you mean what do you mean you're behind? well like, as as you said just make thir 30 is the new kind of 21 or the new yes. 18 or the, yes just that let people establish a whole life of being themselves get experience that they can pass on get wisdom that they can pass on you then get to start doing the the drinking and the uh, maybe driving people can do because you know commuting. Would but, you let them get married, or would you put that at the forty? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? What what is it? Most uh, the 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 highest divorce rate is somewhere between forty five and fifty five. So fifty five is when you can get married to reduce because <laughs> you've already passed exactly. it. Then you've already, you've already passed that itch stage. Uh, and, and one problem that I see though is that that fertility, like women, can only produce. Yeah, that's a but, good but 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 I got a, I got a, a workaround for that. So you have the baby, but the baby is a fetus. I mean, when you're raising everything up, right? Yeah. Because the baby that was born 
is 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 now your latter day fetus. So you can't have that baby. <laughs> so we 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 you the woman has the baby, but she can't like take she can't mother it until. <laughs> oh my god! It's it's like ten years old. <laughs> this. <laughs> Oh dear me! This is taking this is taking a sci-fi a sci-fi twist. I mean, what was it? A bit of a total recall. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. That's that's podcast episode number four that we're going to have on just 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 when a woman is allowed to to start mothering the baby. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Oh god, we're going to get in trouble here. I hope you know. I know. It's gonna take some special. I mean, I mean, hate to make more work for you, but uh, you may have to do some more editing to save both of us. Oh, dearie me, that's obviously, you know, a good, good, good conversation. So it's, it's all in jest, anyway. Yeah, we're um, only kidding. We're not serious. We're only kidding. Yes. <laughs> right, you. We've solved some things. Do you know what? We've probably just made some stuff worse as well. But please, it's now time for you to, uh, for you to tell everyone what is it you're working on? Where can we find you? Well, uh, as you know, I'm I'm a, a writer. I was thinking about how I can get my uh, my stories and things uh, out there and people to read them and maybe buy them. And then I got the advice, make something. Yeah, make a, a film, uh, create something uh, that, that you've written. And so I did just that. I wrote a, a short film, and now it's making the festival rounds. And and uh, I'm enjoying that. I thought maybe I was largely or exclusively just a writer, but I'm also liking the process of like, working with the actors and, and, yeah. and, and the other kind of artists that are on set to make a film. A, a writer enjoying human interaction is quite, something quite <laughs> something yeah. quite special. Uh, what's what's the name of the short film? My short film is called The Line Jumpers. It's a six minute uh, sort of uh, dramedy, little drama comedy, and uh, it's, it's on the cir- uh, festival circuit. And I am uh, making those rounds, uh, connecting with other filmmakers. So that's some of the sort of benefit for me, not only, um, uh, yeah, just just learning from other people like me, in not all cases writers, uh, yeah. but people who are directing, uh, acting, just seeing what it takes to make a short film. Fantastic. And you, you yeah. enjoying, enjoying the process? Obviously, yeah, that's that's the thing. My my fear is that I wouldn't like it. And the other other concern was that that I'm so possessive and territorial about yeah. my work that when now it, I see it being sort of realized and 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 sort of uh, sent into another dimension because writing is just two dimensional. Yeah, but when you start making the film, is it becomes three dimensional, and I thought uh, I'm not going to like it because these. But I was on the set of this short film, and all these people were doing their story related things, and they weren't asking me or checking in. They knew their job, 
And instead of feeling threatened by that, I I, I felt like kind of powerful because yeah. I started all of this. That person, they wouldn't be having this conversation. That person wouldn't be moving cameras. They wouldn't be, it was all of this stuff was happening because months before I sat in front of a computer and trying to figure out a little short story that I wanted to tell. Yeah. And nobody knew anything about it. And now, so I like the magic of that. Yeah. So I, I, I can, I just, the way you've described it is so beautiful. And I can totally understand why. Uh, because for, for me, when you say about that, that worry about personality, it's like if you, you, you describe someone what the, I don't know, the, the perfect person looks like, but they've got to make it out of clay. And you're thinking, well, that's not going to be right. There's no way they can make what I'm saying into, what how i imagine it yeah for that to for you to to stand there and watch that happen and and to also appreciate that oh yeah this whole thing is happening just because of words you've you put on paper i swear to you i'm in my room by myself nobody's telling me do this don't do that i have complete control i i i i i'm making this stuff up and then then to see somebody else take it and you're saying they're not going to see it the way i see it Sometimes it's even better that I mean they mm. do something and it's yeah. better than I I imagine. So yeah, I I I I like the whole business and I'm happy that I like it because it's it's possible that I could have uh, uh, just done the writing and uh, just not enjoyed the rest of it sure. and that would be not so good. But right. yeah. Well, amazing. I mean, just the, the the pure passion that you're speaking about, it means I can't wait to see it. Um, well, I'll put any links or, or say links to, to your website and, and the work in uh, in the bio for the movie, uh, for the movie, okay. in the bio for the podcast. Yes. Um, and Dirk, it's been it's been fantastic um, talking to you. No, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I will tell you, and I think... I mean, you know this already. There was a certain amount of dread and anxiety about doing this, and I thought, I'm not going to have enough. I, I, <laughs> I felt like I had maybe two minutes <laughs> to talk about. It's like you go to a party, right? And you feel like I, I'm, I'll be ready to leave after about five minutes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and you end up enjoying yourself and staying for I, a bit, I, and I, also yeah. thinking, oh, I wish I hadn't put that taxi so early because I could have stayed all night. Yes. Um, yes. But that's 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 the effect I have on people. Uh, but no, it's, it's and you know this is so guests have described this as kind of being quite cathartic because it's something that you may think about. Yeah, you know, when people come on the podcast, it's something that they think about either, and they, but they only ever think about it internally. Generally, like it's not something big enough to talk to other people about, or maybe they're worried no one else will listen. Whereas I'm I'm a, a captive audience. They come on, it's quite a cathartic thing of saying, well, do you know what? This annoys me, but also you've got to make it better. So there's a challenge in there. And I'm yes. I'm, I'm glad that you've enjoyed yourself. I'm glad you've um, I did. I did. Uh, and you tell everyone uh who any everyone and anyone who listened to to listen to, to the episode, uh, because I certainly would enjoy listening back to it. And all there is for me to say is thank you everyone for listening. Uh, thank you very much uh, to my guest, Hugh Murchison. And it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from Hugh. Say goodbye, Hugh. Bye. Uh, thanks, Jeff. It's been yeah. great.
I saw you wave then. They can't. They can't see you. But <laughs> 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 bye, everybody.